Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you visit Arizona... Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hey there, it's Kyle Meredith from Kyle Meredith With. After you check out the latest episode of my show, uh, be sure to check out some of our other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Standing BTS, a bi-weekly podcast covering all things BTS and ARMY, and The Opus, Consequence's original documentary podcast exploring legendary albums and their lasting legacies. So head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I just woke up. What about you? Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series, hit the subscribe button. Uh, I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you'd like to get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, I'm talking with Sting. We're going to be getting uh, the details behind his new album, The Bridge. The police legend uh, going to be talking about the themes of characters in transition, his penchant for writing about uh, very specific professions, the water symbolism that finds its way into his art, and covering Otis Redding's uh, Dock of the Bay and Nilsson's The Lord Must Be in New York City. Now, we're also going to get to hear how he ended up in Only Murders in the Building, alongside Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, as well as how he reacted to them using him as a bit of a caricature of himself and whether or not we can expect a return for another season. So let's do it and discuss The Bridge. It's Kyle Meredith with Sting. Good morning. How are you? Congratulations on uh, what is another fantastic record. I've had so much fun listening to this one. Thank you. This was, I guess, like almost all the records coming out this year, probably a pandemic record for you. Uh, no travel. Uh, and, and I know a lot of that for a lot of artists, that's where the inspiration comes from. Where did you go to to find the characters that make up these songs because it's so detailed. Yeah, I'm not sure where I went to. I mean, I mean, geographically where I went to, I was in San Francisco doing my play, The Last Ship, and then the mayor shut the city down. So I got myself and my crew back to England and I sat at home for a day. And then I said, I have to, I have to work. So luckily I have a studio in my house. So 10 o'clock the next morning, I, I 
clocked into work and I worked through till dinner. And, you know, recording a record is a bit like fishing. Some days you throw a line in the river and you get nothing. Next day, nothing. Next day, nothing. One, one day, maybe a Thursday, you'll get something <laughs> that looks like a fish. And once you have something that looks like a fish, kind of cut it open and then cook it. But uh, it's, it's as simple as that, really. It's just some, something to pass the time. And then at the end of a year of that, you, you find yourself with, with a bunch of songs that actually fit together somehow by a magical process that I don't quite understand that they have a kind of theme. And the theme that I, I could see was that they were all about characters who were in transition from one world to another, from one state to another, between love affairs, between life and death, between sickness and health. And that's what connected all of them. And so that's, that's why I called the album The Bridge. I wrote a song called The Bridge. They're all, they're songs about a bridge to the future that is safer and happier. And all of us are looking for it, including me. The way you write about characters too, and, and I say characters because they the songs are just populated and they always have um, such specific uh, professions. I think that's what's fun, you know, and, and you've always done that, whether, you know, it, it's never just a cowboy. It's a cowboy who's, you know, uh, you know, something else, you know, or something like this. What, what draws you to writing about those types of characters in that way? You know, they just come to me. You know, I've, I've written about gamblers who are also philosophers. I like, you know, nobody is just one thing. I mean, real characters, real people are more than just, you know, you're more than a DJ, I'm sure. I'm more than a songwriter, you know, I, I potter around in the garden. So I like those, I, I like the reality of, of people rather than just writing a, a two-dimensional character. Um, so they're real to me. They're very real to me. Does do you find that? Um, and, and I'm sure it's not one way or the other all the time. But do you find that the character makes the song, or does the song introduce a character in how you're writing? You know, I tend to write backwards. In, in, that I, I will find a refrain, something that perhaps on its own will not mean very much, but it, it has a certain shape and a melodic shape. And has a, it catches in the mind, and then I'll try and make sense of where would that refrain have come from? Why would somebody be saying that? What situation could they be in that would make that a coherent statement? So I work backwards. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe it's just the way I'm hearing it. But it, as you said, with the theme of a lot of these, uh, a lot of these characters, a lot of these folks in here um, being on their bridge, being in that transitional moment. I mean, no one ever seems to start in the best situation. Like when I hear Harmony Road, I'm like, man, this this person's like, it's not. Is it going to end well for them? I mean, they're the most interesting characters, you know. And songwriting and, and listening to a song offers the process of resolution. You know, I've often said that songwriting is therapy. You start off in a situation that's difficult and complex and you can't see the way out until the bridge comes along, the middle eight, the bridge. And there you, you seek a resolution to the issue, a, a different viewpoint, a different way of looking at it. You go, ah, perhaps there is a way across to the other side. So again, it's, it's therapy for me and I hope it's therapy for people listening. We're all in these situations on a daily basis, you know, problems, 
social problems, personal problems. Song, songs can help. Absolutely. I think that's, well, one of the many reasons why I lean into them like I do, but I know that's one of the many reasons why we all do. And then I guess speaking about these specifically too, you had mentioned uh, what you were doing in San Francisco and, uh, and, and the water the water songs really come on towards the end. I mean, Captain Bateman, I think, makes two appearances. Uh, of all the characters, what's, what's, what's the captain's importance here? You know, Captain Bateman is an old um, outlaw, uh, formerly Lord Bateman. It's a song about the idea of the song is probably as old as the, you know, the 11th century. He's a soldier who goes away and fights in a foreign war, gets captured, is in prison for life, and then the jailer's daughter falls in love with him, and to get out, he promises marriage. And so this is a song about breach of promise. Um, and he, he leaves her. Um, in, in my version of the song, he's punished. Well, I intimate that he's punished, but in the old ballads, he, he doesn't get punished. He gets away with it. See, there we go. He had a happy ending originally until he made himself into a sting, sting song, and then no more. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to lie down on the couch and talk about this a little bit more? That's uh... <laughs> Well, I've got my, this is my, behind me is my state of mind at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly said. <laughs> Um, Rushing Water ends up being the first radio single and what a great song. And I, and I hope you don't mind me saying, I, I had that feeling of a classic sound to it, like one of your classic sounds. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, you, you, you dabbled in so many different types of genre, you know, genre, you know, styles of song for a song like this, which I, I don't know, I'm just going to call it pop rock, whatever. Um, I mean, is that just a switch that you can flip on? Like, oh, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write the radio song or something like that because it just sounds easy. It is easy, and you know, you know, um, the song kind of wrote itself. It really did. It's a guitar song, and you know, you sit and jam with a band, and stuff comes up. But the the water symbolism for me is important. You know, for me, water traditionally symbolizes. The unconscious, it symbolizes the, the feminine, both areas which fascinate me. Um, and so really it's a song about immersing yourself in something that you don't quite understand, a medium that is uncomfortable at first, but then you know will lead to some sort of revelation. So water for me is definitely that medium. Well, again, just the way that song kind of I don't know. Just feels good. There are feel good moments all over the record. I, I wrote you down know, loving you. Feels good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what better reason would you need? <laughs> <laughs> well, loving you, you know, I give you the same compliment on that one. Um, I mean, it's you, you, you do that nice trick where it's, it's got this electronic component, but it's not cold. Uh, it's very warm. The background singers give it so much warmth, the mixing with, um, what are that bow is and a fiddle? I mean, uh, I don't know if you could just talk about the sound of what you ended up with on a song like that. Like, how do you arrive uh, there? You know, the, the sound of the album generally is is really a vocal sound. I turned the vocal way up um, more than uh, most contemporary records. So I wanted my voice to be right inside your head, the listener's head. It's a very personal record because of that. I'm not, I'm not sort of sat inside a band, I'm way out front. And that was a very deliberate policy. I can't quite explain why, but that's what I did. I guess that makes a little bit of sense, just again, knowing that it was, you know, mostly for the most part, just you 
in yeah. a studio. I mean, just you and, and your voice. It's true. I mean, you know, it's not such a novelty for musicians to record remotely. We've had the technology for many, many years. The, the challenge is to make that remoteness uh, an intimate experience. You know, so the drummer might be in Los Angeles. I'm in Paris, the guitar players in Italy. How do you make that a, a comfortable sound? Mm -hmm. um, that takes uh, a rapport with the other musicians, a sense that, that they know what I want and I know how to get that from them. Um, I think we did it successfully, even, even though uh, it, it's, it's not a natural way to make music. But in the modern age, it's not so unusual. Well, the compliment there, too, it does feel like you are all like I can't I can't hear that everyone. And sometimes you can. I mean, sometimes you hear the disconnection, at least. You know? Well, it's a state of mind. You know, music is a state of mind. I hope you don't mind the uh, the broad question here. Um, where did the idea for Hills on the Border come from? You know, I, I come from the north, the very north of England on the Scottish border. And um, the hills there are a kind of natural boundary between England and Scotland. And it's been a war zone for a thousand years. Uh, many battles were fought up there. There's many, many ghost stories. So I wanted to write a ghost story about my home area well again the feeling of that one it's a there's a mood i mean it's a definite mood the uh maybe it's a deluxe edition but uh it ends with a couple of covers if you if if i had to choose of my 10 favorite songs of all time an impossible task but uh i'm pretty sure you you did two of them uh talking about sitting on the dock of the bay and uh and nilsson's i guess the lord must be in new york city yeah um I, I, you've been doing these daily videos or weekly videos on your Twitter, and you talked a little bit about Dock of the Bay. This is a song that goes back to your childhood. Is, is that right? Well, I think I was 15 or 16 when that record came out. Uh, I was devastated by Otis Redding's death, um, untimely death, only a few weeks after he'd recorded the song. Uh, I remember buying it. I was on the Stax label um, and putting it on and just... I, this is an incredible sadness about that song. And I, I suppose the situation of his death would add to that. But what's remarkable about the song is there are no minor chords in it. It's all major chords. Um, there's an E9 in the, in the verse, in the chorus. But apart from that, it's just major chords. That's very clever. Yeah. How do you do that? So, you know, recording it and actually analyzing it was was a, a very useful exercise for me i would have never considered recording what i regard as a masterpiece again why why would you do that except i was asked by the alzheimer's association if i would choose a song that i would want to remember the the research is that that people who suffer from dementia more readily remember songs than anything else and so it was part of that that campaign uh, otherwise, I would never have recorded it. So it was just basically as, as a bonus saying, this is what I've been doing in the year, extracurricular, or just, just for fun, if you like. I mean, the magic in music, you know, here we are, you know, you deal in the thing that lasts, that gives the most lasting impact on a brain. And I, I think I talk about that a lot with in other interviews too. I mean, as far as those senses go, you know, it smells pretty powerful, but there is something about music that not only works in the situation that you're talking about, but I mean, it's a, it's a time traveling mechanism for, for anybody. It's, it's so amazing. Anytime yeah. I, that that's a song right there. Anytime I hear sitting on the dock of the bay, I can go back to those first moments of hearing that song. It's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, wonderful. That's an emotional touchstone for me. Uh, what about the other one then? I'll, I'll ask about uh, uh, Nilsson's song there. I guess the Lord must be in New York City. I've, I've never looked it up to see if I was correct. I always assumed that he wrote that one since Everybody's Talking was a cover of him proving that I can also write that song too. <laughs> it, it has uh, the same sort of building musical building blocks, the same chords as uh, the one he didn't write from Midnight Cowboy. Uh, again, I was asked to do it by Griffin Don friend of mine was making a film about the uh the the pandemic in new york city and the, the it was a scene with the health workers uh, looking exhausted and it just it, the song just worked as, as a piece of uh soundtrack and uh, i i love the song the lightness to it so you'll take all of this uh to the las vegas residency the the my songs that's that's the big thing that's coming up next right so, i mean what's uh what can we expect from is this sort of like a Springsteen on Broadway type of a thing? <laughs> really has given me the opportunity to um, dress my songs in a much more visual manner than I've ever thought about before. Uh, State-of-the-art production, amazing projection. So we're, and we, we're creating a world for each song. And uh, it's mainly my old songs. I'm only doing two songs from the new album, which is um, Russian Water and If It's Love. The rest of it on, on my catalog, but uh, in a context that you haven't seen before. And um, it's, we did a production run last week and I'm very excited by it. So when you say you dress these up in a world, uh, are, you, are you able to give a, kind of an example of, of one of those? Yeah, for example, I opened the show with, with Roxanne as, as it was written originally with just acoustic guitar in Paris. You know, I, I wrote that uh, in, in a seedy hotel behind the gas on lazar in 1978 so i recreate that world and then suddenly we go to you know 1989 with message in a bottle you know big band number so it's full of little moments like that it's really the story of my life oh man Without me saying very much <laughs> I would love to see that. I mean, hopefully, you know, if, uh, you know, at the, at the end of this, I, you know, if I don't make it to Vegas, that there ends up I'll being get some you kind of video. That's, if that's what the hint is. That's it. That's what I need. I just, I need okay. to know somebody who can get me an in. That's, uh... I'll give you two. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly bring up outside of the music, another world that you've been a part of is the excellent series, uh, Only Murders in the Building. It was on Hulu, which I just finished uh, over the weekend. Uh, you're um, uh, a suspect in this, and, and I don't want to give too much away, obviously, for people who haven't seen it, but but this is so fun to see you playing yourself, also the caricature of Sting, uh, I think. I mean, uh, how, did you get to, how did you get pulled into this one? All I'm going to say is I'm going to quote Shaggy's biggest song. It wasn't me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've worked with, with those two over the years many times on Saturday Night Live sketches and uh they wrote a gag in their script and, and they asked if i would i would do it and uh i said absolutely it sounds like fun so i was playing it straight i was playing it like it was a serious drama they didn't tell me it was a comedy so <laughs> and it starts with the police joke the inventory thing don't stand i mean you're in the elevator and and it's of course like of all the songs did you instantly realize that was going to be a pandemic song talking about don't stand so close to me <laughs> No, I didn't, but I was happy that the song had a, you know, a, a useful uh, meaning beyond the one I thought of originally. So I, I like songs that are useful, you know, that have a kind of uh, facility beyond just, you know, just being in the charts. They, they can be used for other purposes. 
and uh, I was I was happy with that. Yeah, that's a six foot between us song now. That's uh, what it <laughs> represents these days. Will you? Um, I have to ask. Will you ever be performing the Tim Kono song live, uh, unfinished as it was in the uh, in the series? Uh, that's a secret. I, I really can't divulge that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would imagine the same goes for if I ask you. Uh, will can we expect uh, Sting to return in season two? You know, I live in the building, so you'd think they would, you know, give me a walk-on, a line, I'll carry groceries. Yeah, you know, I, I live there, so why not? Um, last one. Have you seen the new Dune movie? I haven't seen the new Dune movie, but I've read very good reports of it. Um, I know Fade isn't in it, so they're probably waiting for the sequel to bring me back. <laughs> Old Fade. <laughs> I want to see it. I'll pay to see it. I need two tickets to that one too, by the way. That's uh, <laughs> um, I did watch it last night and it's a beautiful movie for what it's worth. It's just, it's gorgeous. And um, that's good. I, I, then I want to see it even more. Yeah, no, it's well done. Uh, in the meantime, uh, sir, the bridge is fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, continuing to do what you do. Sting, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me, Carl. God bless you. Bye. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Now, the last time Sting and I caught up, it was back in 2018, and Shaggy was along for the ride as well. Uh, we were uh, discussing their su surprise collaboration, uh, 44876. And we got to talk a bit about, uh, well, their love for history uh, with reggae, uh, its use in darker political times, which strength each brings to their partnership, and how it transformed their back catalog in the stage show. So I want to include that one here as well. It's uh, part two of Sting, also with Shaggy. Hey, Kyle, what's up? How you doing, guys? I'm good, man. This is Shaggy. I just woke up. <laughs> I'm always happy to get an artist right as they wake up. It always means really great things. <laughs> yeah, I'm very comfortable, so be careful with me. It's really fun to talk to you guys about one of the most fun records of the year with 44876. Uh, congratulations on this one. This is, uh, I mean, as everyone says, it's out of the blue, but it's a whole lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh a little uh, strange to a lot of people, but really, when you uh, when you get down to the meat of it, you know, it isn't all that strange. I did notice that we had uh, one new song with Skank Up. Uh, is this from the same sessions, or are you guys still knocking these out? No, that was done uh, late one night in one of our hotel rooms after a lot of gin. <laughs> and the first thing Shaggy came out with was, oh, Lord, what am I doing here at 2 in the morning making a record? And then it just ended up being, oh, Lord. I mean, that, that sounds like it bodes well for the future. Like, this isn't just going to be a one-off album. You know, are you looking to keep, is this going to keep going? Should we keep expecting these? Well, well, I'll tell you one thing. We have a very strong friendship. So if, if, if the music doesn't continue, the friendship certainly does. There you go. You know, and um, you know, we kind of take it day by day, ear by ear, play it ear by ear by ear, I should say. 
and uh, whatever comes out of it, you know what I mean? So far, it's been magic, man. And, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of people don't get it, but that's kind of what's fun to us <laughs> because we like seeing their <laughs> when they when they do finally get it. Well, yeah, because diving into the record, I thought, you know, reggae itself has a long-standing message of love. It always seems like that's the heart of it, that's the root of it. And when you're writing songs, like there are songs on on this record that reflects what's happening in the news out there. And I thought, you know, what a perfect time to try a record like this, because as artists kind of grapple with how to write these songs, it seemed like this is one of the most perfect paths that could be taken. I think it's probably a little bit of a happy accident and also a healthy instinct for the right thing to do. So it's a combination of both those things. See, I think with reggae music, what makes it so perfect for uh, these times is, you know, we are in dark political times as it is. But it is, if you look at the history of reggae music, it's always not just been a music of love and sunshine and, and fun and good vibes. It's also been a very, um, it's, it's a revolutionary type of music. You know, you listen to early Peter Tosh, Bob Marley, some of these songs were um, revolutionary type of music, you know, as well as, you know, it could be love songs. So it, it, I think it's the perfect type of music to, to, to kind of, Subtly bring your message to the to the people, but in a nice way. My mom always says, or my grandmother actually always says, she says, it's not what is said is how you say it. You know. So uh, I think that was Fat Domino. Well, I didn't know Fat Domino, but I, but I knew my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> she probably got from Fat Domino, okay, bro. Okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll throw this question to both to you because you know you've you've both tried styles, uh, plenty of styles. Sting, you've obviously tried tons of styles. What's the challenge here of playing towards each other's streams? Uh, Sting reggae for you and, and, and Shaggy, whatever you bring into Sting's world. Uh, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what is it I bring into Sting's world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, the book's still open on that one. But um, actually, that's not, that's not true. He brings, he brings a lot of joy and spontaneity to, to my life. And uh, the stage show is... A, it's a real reflection of um, our conversation, you know. That's all—it's very funny and light and sweet, but there's also a, there's a steely nerve to it as well. Steely nerve. Steely nerve. Steely yeah. nerve. I, just, I just made that up. I just woke up. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. <laughs> I'm digging. <laughs> it does. It does allow both of you guys to take the weight off of being the front man, doesn't it? That's that's got to be fun. Oh boy, that's fantastic. I, I do yeah. half the work, and it's it's you know it's twice the fun. But it's great to share the load in everything, even in this interview, for example. You know, and I might drop off to sleep, and he'll take over, and vice versa. And the same on stage, uh, we we tend to finish each other's sentences. That, that really does help. It's good when you're uh, you're with someone that you're that comfortable with. To take a to take a step back, you know, like I'm I'm very comfortable. When are you gonna do that? <laughs> I, know, I, I tell you when I do it. <laughs> but it, it 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 it's good to just kind of let somebody that you trust, you know, take that take that lead. You know, what I mean, it's it's uh, and and it won't happen any other way unless the you know you have a a strong amount of um, confidence in that person. You know, so it's good. I mean, really, I don't know who that is, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> Appreciate that. That latest single with with "Get Back My Baby," I, I can't help it listening to that Shaggy without thinking that this was the result of "It Wasn't Me." Really? Yeah, like like this is this is chapter two no of that. You think they're autobiographical these songs? Oh, I don't think they have to be autobiographical, but even in fiction, it's it feels like it would make the great uh, part two of it. Uh, like I said, and I mean, have um. 
you know what? You know what? It, it's great to do songs that are relatable, and and a lot of them are not you know autobiographical in any way, but it is relatable to people's lives. You know, the thing about it wasn't me. It's either you're banging, you know, somebody banging, you wish you were banging, but it it is very relatable. You know, because this, these things do happen. And the thing with Get Back My Baby is kind of the same. I'm, there's so many people that you know is in that position where they're, they they sometimes don't mean to take advantage of people or, or, of, or of their situation, but they end up do, and they're sorry. And uh, some people get a chance to redeem themselves, and some people don't. You know, some people really have to fight for that chance. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to actually get that person back. I think, And I think that's that's what this really, you know, the song really speaks to, be, speaks to me in that way, where it's like, oh, yeah, you're really, really trying. You've recognized how wrong you were, you know, and you're sitting there looking at the four walls saying, damn, what did I do? You know, and it's very, it's very relatable. Well, I've forgiven you, Shaggy. <laughs> you have? Yeah. Guess that answers the autobiographical okay. part right there. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's okay. You can take this baby. <laughs> No, I'll um. L- let yeah. me throw that one further down. H- have either of you ever thought about revisiting any characters from your songs to do that uh, outside of you know like conceptual pieces or, or or Broadway or anything like taking any of any of your old songs and saying what happens next? Yeah, that happens all the time. You know, you you have certain sort of tropes that you you follow. You know, the jilted lover or the, the sad guy. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, you do that. Oh, yeah, you listen to have this song, everything talk about pain. King of pain, 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 pain. You just it's love a, pain. It's so Why do you like so much pain? I used to like pain, but I grew out of it. Well, I mean, okay. because I've been listening to all these lyrics and these songs. There's a lot of mention of pain. What kind of pain was you in, bro? Toothache. 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 This live show, do, do you guys get to reapproach the back catalog songs to rewrite them for this, for, for, to, to fit this style at all? I mean, you know, we're singing each other's songs. I'm singing a song that I was reticent to sing at first. I'm singing It Wasn't Me. But I, I realized it's actually a moral parable. And, uh, and so I, I sing it with a quizzical look on my face. But it, it's, it's interesting for me to play that role. And then, then another song, we, we do Crooked Tree from the album. And Shaggy plays the judge and I play the felon. And it's kind of a lovely, uh, lovely little pantomime in the middle of the show. We yeah. enjoy that one. And we're, we're on stage through, throughout the whole show, man, from the beginning to the end. It's not a segment where it's a sting segment or a shaggy segment. We do each other's song. You know, they, I join him on uh, Every Breath You Take, uh, you know, and a number of songs, um, Feel Free to Set Him Free, songs like those. And so we trade, you know, Love in the Seventh Ways. We trade songs back and forth and just add little things to them that, that make them, uh, uh, you know, just make the whole thing intertwined and works very well. And on paper, it might not look like it, it works, but when you see it, man, it's it's been it. it it has been a lot of fun, and it's really entertaining. It's not a stretch, of course, if if you know, you know either of your all's back catalog. I mean, obviously, Sting, you've got plenty of history with reggae, uh, with, with the uh, with the police songs. For you, it, it doesn't seem like it's as big a dive as people might think it is, right? No, not really. I mean, the common ground that we share is a love of, of reggae. You know, Shaggy is an authentic reggae dancehall star, and I, I just dabble. But I, I, I come from a place of respect and also uh, an understanding of it. So, um, yeah, that, that's the common ground we well, began. You know, I, I think it's not really about the reggae so much. I think what people are, are, are is about is like, what the hell is he doing with Shaggy? <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's the part. You know, they look at me as this, this really... Um, disruptive, 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 bad influence on you. 
know what I'm saying? I think it's the other way around, actually. Well, I know that, but they don't. <laughs> you know, it's like last night. Last night, I, I ran into this lady who, who says to me, she says, uh, she says, she was saying, oh, yeah, I was just at the concert. And uh, she, was, she had a couple of drinks. And I was like, what do you mean she, you're at the concert? What, what concert are you talking about? She said, oh, I was there with the, the, the guy that was in the police and the, the dirty dancing Jamaican guy. <laughs> She didn't recognize. She didn't recognize. Well, you know, she was drunk out of her mind. When I was in the bar, the bar that you didn't come last night that I went by myself. Thank you. Perfect audience. Yeah, but I just thought it was funny as hell. And, and she says, "Ah, oh, it was great." And she kept talking about it. I was like, "Okay, clearly she wasn't a fan of neither you and I. No. She didn't even know you. She was like the the guy that used to be in the police." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you mean Sting?" <laughs> not a hard word to remember it's one word <laughs> you're two guys yeah, with one words like by the way it looks nice on a poster yeah ridiculous names ridiculous yeah. <laughs> i want to hit back real quick on something about that because we're talking about those early days uh sting with you and 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 the early parts with reggae and the police you know a few years later paul simon does graceland he kind of gets knocked around for appropriation did you all ever have to was that ever thrown your way as well or or even later at all a ridiculous charge, you know. I, I think, you know, if you come in from a place of respect, and it's ludicrous to, I mean, music is a common language that we all share, and the genres might come from a particular location, but once they're out in the world, everybody listens to them, you know. I mean, you know what I think? I think the appropriation argument always comes when you're successful. I, you, listen, I was born, raised in Jamaica, I still live in Jamaica, and they, told, they, they, they charge me for appropriation. How about that? <laughs> is that true? You know, I mean, it, it, it is, you know, the minute I started selling to the mainstream and selling huge numbers and going diamond and all of that, all of a sudden I wasn't reggae. I wasn't, you know, Jamaican enough. I wasn't black enough. I wasn't anything enough. And, you know, it was, you know, appropriation and I'm whatever it, they, they call it. It doesn't usually come from musicians. You know, so, yeah, it is. It's just musicians understand the process. Right. Yeah. I'll kind of introduce something here as a fan, too, that um, it's uh, like 30th anniversary of uh, Nada Como El Sol. I hope I'm saying that right. And I thought that would be an interesting set of songs to kind of put into this version right here. I, you know, just a request. Yeah, well, we, we do Fragile every night, and Shaggy wrote a new verse for that, which she sings at night. So, yeah, the, the songs are evolving as the partnership does. Well, I, I love seeing it. I hope it keeps evolving. I mean, what else do we have to get from this? I mean, we're, we're touring up in December this year, and then we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see after after December what goes on. We, we do have, as, as, as much as you might not believe it, we do have separate careers. <laughs> Yeah, but we, we miss each other when we yeah. do that. Every time we go and do our own thing, we're like, uh, nah, I think we should better just come back to <laughs> All right, quick unrelated question before we head out of here. I know we're at the end of the time here. The new Dune movie's coming out. Any chance for a cameo in it? You got any interest in that, Sting? Uh, nobody's asked me to do that, no. I've still got a question. Do you? Well, no, of course I don't. <laughs> I don't <care. laughs> This has been a real pleasure, guys. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time here. Congratulations on this record, 44876. We'll look forward to whatever happens next. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, man. God bless you. Bye. You too. Again, my thanks to Sting. His new album is called The Bridge. And a big thanks to you as well for uh, listening. Uh, hit that subscribe button before you get out of here so you can keep up with all the interviews. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all your favorite podcast places. That does include YouTube as well for the video versions. 
After all that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith, and over on TikTok at Kyle M. Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm not going to get any smarter or any better looking, so you better go. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.